Welcome back, everybody, to episode 44 of the Valkyrie Cast, a podcast about movies, TV, and video games. I'm your host, Matt. Joining me, as always, is my wonderful co-host, Tommy, sitting over here in his gray shirt. Yo, yo, yo. Every shirt is gray. I feel like... I, I think I own two colors, gray and black. I guess that's like... I don't know why that's my like... If I haven't thought of something clever to say, like I just go, what's go he the wearing? Shirt color. You're last wearing time a gray was, shirt. I'm wearing a gray shirt. You're right. Our guest is not wearing a gray yeah, shirt. <laughs> Our guest Fail. today is my roommate and great friend, Landon. Welcome to show, Landon. Thank you so much, Matt. So, so Landon, you don't know, and I did not tell you this, but uh, oh every time we have a new guest on, and yeah. I didn't think about this until right now, we ask them three questions they have to answer. Wait. Oh, has, I know this. Has Landon not been on He's not before? been on the podcast before. Sworn. Okay. No. Yeah, yeah. So okay. You, you have to share with us your favorite movie, Video game and TV show doesn't necessarily have to be the same. You know, you can always change like whatever's your favorite movie, TV, and video game of right now in whatever order you want to do. Well, you already know what my video game is I do. because I talk about it I all do. the time, nonstop. Well, he does, but I don't, and those listening <laughs> probably don't. That's fair, fair point. Um, so my video game is God of War. I play, I still play God of War, and that came out all the way back in May. Acceptable. Uh, so good. The new one. The, the, the new one. Yeah. New God of War. Definitely the new the new God of War. Um, currently, TV show. I've actually really been enjoying uh, the newest season of True Detective. Ooh, yeah. I've never. I haven't watched it. I've heard amazing things about it. Because the first season of what had what Woody Harrelson and uh, Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. Okay. All right. All right. All right. And I'm and I'm just gonna throw this out there. The first season of True Detective is one of the best seasons of television I've ever watched. Bold. Bold words. Bold. I, I've True heard a lot of people say that. I, I've there. I feel like that's definitely one of those shows you got to be in the right mindset to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just I started and watched two episodes of the first thing and was just like, I'm gonna have to start over this because I'm just not in the mindset. And I haven't gone back to it, but I need to, and I really want to. I felt that's how Fargo TV series was too, because yeah. they kind of came out at the same time, had mm-hmm. a similar vibe, and at least from I mean, like I said, I haven't seen True Detective, but I watched Fargo. Mm-hmm. So good, so dark. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and if you're a big Matthew McConaughey fan, which if you're not, you should be. Um, <laughs> yeah, true. That's his best. That is my favorite performance of his. Is hmm. in the first season of True Detective. He is fantastic. He's really the reason I even w- want to watch that season over again. Yeah, I get that. All right, and then favorite movie. Ooh, this is a biggie. Because I know a you're biggie, a movie person, yeah. This is a hard one for me. Um, well, a lot of people know that know this about me is that I'm a big Quentin Tarantino fan. True. Um, within the realm of movies, that seems like a cliche thing that a lot of people say. However, um, just to throw one of my personal favorite movies out there, I love Inglorious Bastards. Mm. I'm just gonna throw that out there. That's a good one. And I know that that's not like a current movie or something Doesn't that's come out current. recently but my favorite movie is from the 70s yeah alien yeah yeah yes my favorite movie is from the mid 2000s so dark knight yeah <laughs> yeah so really movie. i mean i knew, if, I knew if you like that movie to, like but... it's one of those like there's tons of movies i love but if i had to pick one like it, that's just my mind goes to that like i could pick that and that would be it so, uh, Christopher Nolan sidebar here. Yes. Um, before the podcast, I was telling you about a friend of mine who's an actor and entertainer. Right. And we're sitting there, we're in my office, and he sees Memento poster, and he works every year at Sundance, and evidently he's been doing it for some time. 
And he looks at me and he says, I was working at Sundance when Memento premiered there. Now he goes, I remember Guy Pierce walked in. He had this hat. I said, Guy, I love your hat. So at the end of the evening, Guy came up and gave me his hat. He says, so at my house still, I have Guy Pierce's hat. Man. Whoa. I'm jealous. That's Like, that's dope. How many people get to just, you know, have that story? One. One. Unless unless that's his thing, is hat giving. Like, that. maybe that's his love language. You know what? Like, you're a fan. If I ever run into Guy Pierce, I would be like, (laughs) hat giving. giving. All right, well, so today, uh, our topic of discussion, we have two topics. The first topic, we are going to talk about the Oscars, because all three of us are big movie buffs, and every year, we like to talk about the Oscars. This is actually the first year in a while I didn't actually watch the Oscars live. Usually, I'd like to, even though it tends to be pretty boring, but I didn't get a chance to watch it live, so I'm um, some of this I'm actually looking at for the first time, but um, I want to preface that by saying... Every year, I also, me and Landon also say we're going to watch every Best Picture movie. And every year, I've usually seen one or two of them. And so, a lot of these movies, none of us have seen. We've already talked about this. There's a lot of these we haven't seen. So, we're not professionals when it comes to the Oscars. Uh, we just like movies. So, uh, if we didn't see a movie that you really, really loved, if, if A Star is Born was your favorite movie. I will not movie, watch it. Tommy will not will watch not it. not watch it. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Why? Is it because why Lady is Gaga? It, why is that question even? No, actually, I don't even mind Lady Gaga. Bradley Cooper? It's Bradley Cooper. Really? Yeah. Hold on. What do you yeah. have? I'm curious. What do you I, not like about Bradley Cooper? Uh, I did not know this. The question is, what is there to like about Bradley Cooper? I mean, he was a pretty good rocket. You know? I thought well, he was pretty good as face an in the But to be an animated voice and to be an on-screen character, like, on, you know, on-screen reality is those are two huh. different things. I feel like I'm learning something new about Tommy. So right you now. like Bradley Cooper's voice, but the moment his <laughs> face shows up. Once again, I didn't say I liked Rocket. <laughs> he said he liked okay. Rocket. Okay, it's an example. <laughs> okay, so anyway, what I was saying, if you really liked Roma or one of these movies that we did not get to see, like, sorry, it's not that we don't think they're good, but I mean, some of them we might not think are good, but. What uh? We're not also not going to go through every single um, award. We're just going to pick the ones we like. Yeah. So like, well, let's see. I'm scrolling through. I'm going to try. Well, we we actually we like the technical <clears throat> awards. Like I'm a big fan of the technical awards. Uh, and I'm curious. I'm going to start here just because it's right in front of me, and this may throw us off just going in random order. But best cinematographer, because uh, we are all video guys here, especially. Uh, the winner was Roma. Uh, Cold War, The Favorite, Never Look Away, and A Star is Born were also nominated. I didn't see any of these. Um, so I have no idea if any of the cinematography was good. But Tommy, you commented something earlier about Roma, didn't you? Uh, I was talking about it. I'm trying to think because the director for Roma is Alfonso Cuaron. Uh, I'll be honest, I'm going to butcher his name here. Yes, we apologize. Um, we don't do it on purpose. And uh, I was talking because he directed Gravity, which oh, I yeah. loved. Yeah, I thought I was I the only that. person on planet Earth that actually liked that movie. I, I like remember going with did. like 10 people. Everybody walked out and it was like, that was boring. I'm like, no, that was beautiful. You I can really all shut it. your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I'm trying to see who I'm trying to pull up the details on who. Well, shoot, it's right here on my nomin. 
Guys, if you can hear that, that's my beautiful dog whining for attention. Yes. Shh. Oh, here he comes. <laughs> uh, who took home deep? What was the name of the DP? Dad Gummit. I guess that's probably really important with cinematography because that's all about the DP. I'm literally on the Oscars website right now looking for. Oh, it's. Wait. Was Alfonso. Cor- was he the DP? Did he just accept the reward or award, or did he DP and direct his film? I'm really confused now. Oh man, I'm gonna have a lot of dead space to edit out of this one. I can tell. <laughs> yep. Normally, I don't have to edit a thing. <laughs> oh crud! Okay, so he DP'd and directed this film. Wow. And edited it. Whoa. Trifecta. Did he pick up the coffee too? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Did he hold the boom mic too? Yeah. I like to believe he pulled an old like Robert Rodriguez where the microphone's on the end of a broomstick. <laughs> <laughs> I won't lie, like that makes me that makes me want to see it regardless of what it's about, just to see like this one. Well, that's dude. an impressive feat to to direct and DP and take home best picture and best cinematography. That is no small feat. Roma didn't win best picture though. Yeah, it did. Wait, who? No, you're no, right. Green, Green Book. Book. Green Book Green won Green best Book picture. Won. They were nominated. They were nominated. Oh, he won but best to be director. Mm-hmm. He won best director. Oh, Sorry, that's what it was. Oh, I didn't know he won best director. Yeah, that's awesome. So, interesting. So none of us have seen that, so we can't really comment on I know it's black and white and on Netflix. Was it a Netflix yeah. original? Yeah. Interesting. A Netflix original got voted one best picture, best cinematography, and got voted for best picture or nominated? Mm-hmm. Wow. Now I, was, I really want to see it. That's and a that first. sir is why your Netflix prices just went up. And like I'm sitting mine. here thinking, how have I not seen this movie? Me what? having Netflix because I had no idea. I love black and white, <laughs> but modern day black and white tales, I just boring. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like when they did the pianist. It's like, oh, it won because it's it's a modern silent film, and it's yeah. just like there's a reason that we have sound in film now. Yeah. We have that technology. Yeah. Like nothing against back then. They were really creative what they did back in the day, but like it was because they literally couldn't put sound with the movie. I remember we sh- I shot a music video or, or was on a music video in Atlanta for large artists and um, all of her performance pieces were being shot in black and white on a black mm-hmm. and white red monochrome camera. And I remember this moment she comes out, she's on this in this beautiful yellow dress and she asks the dress, she goes, Is my dress popping? And he goes, it looks beautiful. She's like, but is the yellow really showing? Yikes. And we're in day two of this production. And he's like, everything is in black and white. And literally everything grinds to a halt. And she goes, what do you mean everything's in? Why am I in a yellow dress? Can we just, can we make just the yellow in color? And it's like, no, no, no. You don't understand. This camera does not shoot color at all. Oh my gosh. That is hilarious. Oh, bless her heart. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's talk about sound then, since we're talking about silent film that I randomly brought up. I am happy to say that Bohemian Rhapsody won best sound editing and best sound mix because I thought it was a fantastic movie. I did see that one. And took home, Rami Malek took home best lead actor. Yes, yeah. he did, which 
is super cool and like i really like rami malik like i first saw him honestly the first thing i saw him in was uh uh national uh, national, not treasure. national treasure not national yeah. treasure the um night at the museum night at the museum as king tut yep and then i saw him in mr robot which we've talked about on this show and he's a fantastic actor i thought it was a little weird that he was playing freddie mercury but then i saw the trailers i was like okay i'm not well, huge. he wasn't the first there's that film was actually done with sasha baron cohen originally Really? And I'd love to watch that cut, mm-hmm. but supposedly there were some creative differences, mm. and Sasha Baron evidently walked off. Is the rumor that I have heard, yeah. and so, but uh, not just rumor. I mean, they did have to go back. Like Sasha Baron was, was, was the was original guy, happened, yeah. yeah, and and they had to redo everything with Rami Malek. I think he did a. a I haven't seen all of Bohemian Rhapsody yet. I haven't had a time to just like. I want to watch it in my theater room and just take a night off and enjoy it because we didn't get to see it in theaters. But um, from the clips that I have seen, like he nails it. I know that it's does, some of his. Yeah. It's a blend of his vocals and some of Freddie Mercury. Mm-hmm. It was he, actually, um, which is fun because there's a band called Down Here. Is that the name of the band? It's a Christian band. The dude. The lead singer of that band did all the vocals for Freddie Mercury, and he he actually the re- the reason I know about this is because I went to like a conference was a college where their band was leading worship there, and right after the conference he actually entered like a Freddie Mercury like sound alike competition, and won because he s- sounded just like Freddie Mercury singing, and he they he apparently did all the like actual singing for the movie. Um, there may have been some actual edited in of Freddie Mercury thrown somewhere in there. I would not be surprised, but I do know that the singing majority of the singing was from that guy. And That's I'll try impressive. to look up his name, but that kind of reminds me of journey when they went to go replace their front man. They just found, you know, uh, I think he's uh Filipino and they just basically looked for the best cover artist, the best La- Las Vegas, uh, strip performer. Yeah. Essentially. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but you know the uh, Bohemian Rhapsody winning best sound. I mean, it helps a lot when you have Queen's Queen's music. As, <laughs> you know, it certainly doesn't the, hurt. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it definitely doesn't hurt. I mean, arguably one of the greatest bands of all time. So I'm curious. Uh, so, did either of you actually see Bohemian Rhapsody? I did. I did. did. Mm-hmm. I did and not. I'm not a huge like. I'm not a. I wouldn't have called myself a Queen fan. Like, obviously, I appreciate the music. There's a lot of the Queen music that I like. And I definitely appreciate the impact it had on music, but I wouldn't have called myself a Queen fan. But like, I went in because it looked really good, and it's a biopic. Things are told a little out of order. Things, you know, it's not a documentary. It's you know, it's a movie. It's a film. And uh, taking that into account, like I thought they told a really good story and it painted a really broad picture of what kind of his life was like and i i thought it, i thought rami malik was the best part of that movie like he truly especially seeing him from mr robot where he plays kind of like a more reserved nerd kind of character freddie mercury mm-hmm. was not and a reserved freddie mercury absolutely and yeah, the way he plays him he plays like he truly like represented it and like put everything into it all the flamboyance of freddie mercury and it was fantastic and the coolest part of the movie i think was the ending like 20 minutes 
is literally the they re- redid the entire Live Aid concert. Mm, yeah. So at the oh, wow. end, it leads up to that big Live Aid, which is yeah. like one of their most well known concerts. And that's how they end the movie, and it pretty much is a shot-for-shot recreation of their set from that movie, which was super cool because I was sitting there, and they're like, they're just going. Like, this is literally how – and I could be wrong on that. It may be a little different, but, like, they did it as it was, like, the full set of that. Well, that's interesting because – and I don't remember the reason why, but I actually pulled up the Live Aid concert at our house one night, and I believe you were in the room, and we watched a clip of it. Mm Mm-hmm. And I remember you saying that, wow, this looks a lot like, because I, I believe you just got done seeing the movie. Mm-hmm. And, I've, and I Probably. haven't seen the movie, but I found that really interesting that if they did take the shot by shot approach, that's really genius. Because a lot of people will tell you that Live Aid was Queen's probably most famous live performance they've ever done. Mm-hmm. But something that's also kind of interests me about that movie is, so initially when Bohemian Rhapsody came out, it reviewed okay, you know. It wasn't, you know, I think it had a lot of hype around it before the release. And then once it was released, um, people were kind of iffy on if it was actually, you know, what they would consider good or not. But then all of a sudden we find it propelled to being, and I don't mean to get ahead of the show here, but we find it being propelled into the best picture category. Yeah. And I find that very interesting because a lot of times when you see a movie review average, mediocre to average, you don't see it propel itself into a best picture nomination. So I, and so what, like, what do you think influenced that? I read an op-ed and I I can't remember which publication put it. It was like, it was New Yorker or Washington post or somewhere. And it was an individual claiming to be from the Academy. And he opens up and he goes, I'm going to tell you a a secret. Half of you have probably guessed. And half of you don't know. We nominate our friends. And that's literally how he opens it up. And he talks about there was somebody who was up for lead actress. He's like, I've been friends with her for years. And I told her when I met her, one day you're going to get an Oscar. And by golly, I'm trying to get her an Oscar. And he literally just breaks it down and into who he who he picked, why he picked them, but why he thinks that film or another film or another person will win or why he felt that they weren't, you know, shouldn't have even been in that role. And he talked about not voting for Bohemian Rhapsody because Brian Singer was attached, mm-hmm. uh, which there's always drama about that. Well, there was a big controversy, but I mean, he was fired and they brought somebody else in and finished it out. Which the uh, the director for Bohemian Rhapsody is going on to do the biopic for Elton John. And oh, I'm excited with, for that one. With the oh. guy who played Eggsy from yeah. Kingsman as Elton John. I really? saw that. Yeah. yeah. That's it cool. It looks so interesting. Yeah. Wow. Um, I did pull it up. So they did use, since, while we're still on Bohemian Rhapsody, they did use uh, recordings of Freddie from their master recordings, but it also was the singer Mark Martell, who was the guy I was talking hmm. about, who did the who came in and recorded additional stuff for it. Um, so yeah, there's a little bit. I wonder if it's that Mark can hit like, Four of the octaves. I of, think like four of the five the, that Freddie the, Mercury could the, do. I I've listened. Well, obviously I heard the guy live, but like I've listened to him singing Queen songs, and like people even like I mean he won a contest about it, and I think I could be wrong because I don't know. This was years ago. I think he actually played in a Queen cover band that they put together because I he mean sounded if he sounds so, that much like it, he's he doing a disservice had by a not. Phenomenal yeah. sound. So. Um, Oh, hey, by the way, it also won Best Film Editing. I just saw that. Oh, did it? Yeah, so it won Good three catch. awards. Four if you include the fact that Rami Malek won um, Best Lead. Wasn't it Best Lead? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
So I, I, I like that. You know, I really like the movie. I, I'm with you. Like yeah. when it first came out, some people didn't really like it. And I thought it was really good. And I think once people, I think the people who didn't like it were the people who don't really understand what a biopic is. Mm. And they were expecting a true to tell story. And when you're making a biopic, the purpose of it is you're making a movie based on this person's life. It's some things are going to be different because yeah. that's how it's still going to be yeah. an exaggeration of tales because exactly. they, you still have to entice audiences. You have to embellish. You have to, it's not a documentary. It's when you yeah. watch and when you watch documentaries, you get that because when you watch documentaries to keep it interesting, things jump around a lot because life is like that. So. And speaking of documentaries, I want to see free solo so bad what is it about did that win best documentary it did um and i saw the first teaser for it when dji announced their mavic 2 pro the director from free solo came up because they had uh, dji had worked with them and given them drones to use on this but anyways it's a documentary about a climber who wants to free climb el capitan oh and free climbing for those who don't know is climbing without ropes or assistance or any sort of safety net whatsoever. No, thank you. And El Capitan is like a sheer, like just a vertical wall, just a sheer wall. And um, what was this movie called? Uh, Free Solo. What is, okay, I'm looking at something wrong then because what I, I see best documentary, oh, short subject. I don't see the full subject then, best documentary. Winner of Best Documentary Short Subject was period, end of sentence. Uh, this one's a uh, feature documentary. Feature documentary. Okay, I just must have <clears throat> skimmed over that. I do remember that. That's cool. I mean, I'm it, down to see that. It looks... I, I, to my knowledge, it hasn't gotten um, wide distribution yet. Or maybe it did. I, I know it did extremely well at Sundance recently. And so I imagine it's getting picked up after there. But as soon as there's a viewing, I'm going You're to gonna see, go see that. It? That sounds cool. I I did see that. I was wondering what that was about. Let's talk about something we can talk about because we all seen it. Let's talk about the best animated feature film, which was Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which if you didn't listen to our episode two episodes ago, we all really freaking liked that movie. And I am so glad if it like if it had lost it, like unless Isle of Dogs beat it out. I would have been mad if anybody. Yeah. The only other one, I think there was a uh, Miyazaki film on there. Mira? Yeah. Yes. Which I'd be okay. Because it's Miyazaki. It's because it's Miyazaki. Okay. I mean, I haven't seen it yet because. But the, it's Miyazaki. Because it played yeah. for two days in a theater four hours I away know, from I here. I thought Miyazaki wasn't making any more films. Yeah. Or is that he's, one? Is he I doing think that he's thing? Retired, is he like, doing that aw. thing where he's like, yeah. this was my last movie? But I'm still making movies. Yeah, is like uh, Ben Affleck did with Batman like three times. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to to quote sports that I don't watch, is it Brett Favre that's like quit six times? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. The other the other uh, best and all these movies I heard were really good. I've seen a couple of them, but I didn't see Mira. Um, Ralph breaks the internet. Didn't see. Heard it was good. You know, I liked the first record, Ralph. I just didn't care to see this one. Yeah. Um, Incredibles two was okay it wasn't as good yeah. as the first but i, I it liked was literally it. the first one repackaged <sighs> with an epileptic yeah, seizure I, in the middle with, yeah that's true <laughs> but you know it's and, and i'd said this before we even you know started recording it's one of those things where 
I went into it expect like knowing it was gonna at least fall short because when that first one when the first Incredibles came out, oh. I was a kid. Dude, like, yeah. the first Incredibles. I was young and 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 I still love that movie. Yeah, but Toy Story. Like yeah. Toy Story three came out and was like, yeah, how did you make such a good movie? But I think to- so. I think that's what bothered me more, like. Because, like you just said, it was kind of just a rehash from focusing on more, more of the mom, which I'm fine with. I think that's that was clever. But like, as as different as most of the Pixar sequels are, for good or for bad, Toy Story Two was good, Cars Two was bad. You know, <laughs> yeah. I but they're different. So I guess that's yeah. what I was a little bummed well, about. Well, well, for me, Toy Story is I, I is above Incredibles. Uh, period. Oh, like, I just, mean, yeah, uh, just. In general, See, as Toy a whole. Story is my number one Pixar. Incredibles is number two. So, yeah. like, and the only reason, yeah, that that's it, it's just like, it's hard to compete with Toy Story. I mean, yes, Wes Anderson's Isle of Dogs was really good though, oh, and so I good. just saw it recently. Um, which all Wes Anderson movies are good. It it bums me out a little bit that it has to be put in animated category because it's stop motion. It bums me out that we don't have enough good stop motion movies anymore that that can't be like a whole oh, category it's such itself. a difficult i was just about to say that i know process. and i get that i understand why it's not yeah. it's very niche but like it's just i guess it's weird to me when i think of that and under animation i'm, I'm but i and i guess that's the closest thing yeah but it's well i don't know it's in this weird space because I mean, it is literally I guess, called stop well, animation. Well, it's stop motion, and it's incredibly difficult to make that. True. But when it's done well, I thoroughly, Kubo, I thoroughly appreciate it. But the thing is, because it's so difficult, so so few good ones are made. So you're in this weird space of it's not really animated, but at the same time, you can't really make a new category for it because there's just not enough good ones. No, at I At least agree. coming out consistently. No, I agree. I remember yeah. last year when we talked about the Oscars, you talked about it may have not been last year. It may have been the first year we were doing this. You talked about how good Kubo was, and yeah. I went back and watched Kubo and agreed it was phenomenal. So, but I'm as much as I like Olive Dog, Spider Man was the best animated movie of last oh, year. Oh yeah, it wiped. Let the record show. I also loved, and it is now Spider-Man. as of today on iTunes apparently because I saw yes. it on Instagram and I'm just like, okay, but when's it come out on Blu-ray? Yeah, I don't know why things are dropping like two weeks early on they iTunes. Do, I mean, it's clever because they, if you like, they come out copies. early. They come out early, like two weeks, two or three weeks early digital, because people are like, oh, I want to buy it, but I can get it right now. I'll just buy it digital. And I guess they get their money quicker. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, I guess I get it. Yeah. Or you can just give me the DVD today, because why do you care? Yeah, I, I miss them just popping, just everything at once. I just like something tangible. From from stuff like that, like movies, I really want. Yeah. I like to have a physical copy. Yeah. That you know, it's nice to have a digital one, but well, but you're limited on your digital copies where you can watch it. I mean. I have multiple TVs in my house, but I have one Apple TV, and I'm not going to hook my laptop up every time I want to watch something, okay. whereas I have multiple ways to watch a Blu-ray. If only you had some kind of server platform I know. where you could watch movies. <laughs> but and maybe can't take even... iTunes movies, though. That's the crazy part. I cannot take movies that I buy off iTunes and put them on my Plex. That's dumb. Yeah, it makes me mad. 
and I stopped buying digital movies mm -hmm. for that reason. Well, <laughs> well, don't worry because every company's coming out with their own streaming platform, so you can just subscribe and to and 10 different services. And while, yeah. and while that's really annoying, what's even more annoying yeah. is for a long time they've been doing this where you buy a Blu-ray, DVD, digital and you combo. Get the digital. You get the digital. But in almost all the cases that I've used, it's you put in a code and you can sign into their website to watch their movies. Ultraviolet was the big one. Mm -hmm. Ultraviolet just shut down, apparently. Yep. I just got an email about Ultraviolet like shutting down their stuff. a week or two ago. Like a week or two ago. And like... I don't care because I think I did like two movies with it and I have the physical and I never, cause I was more annoying. Like I can just put stuff on my Plex yeah. and have it and it's more convenient. But yeah, that's my problem with that kind of stuff. Well, that's why I don't like cloud in, in general. I mean, there's tales of like, I mean, I buy some books on Kindle, but if only if it's a book that I do not, uh, there's books that you like to read and there's books that you want on your shelf for the rest yes, of eternity. Yeah. And, and sometimes they're both. Sometimes yeah. it's like, I want it convenient and digital, but if it's a book I really, really like, I'm going to go buy a physical copy, so I will always have yeah, it. Yeah, I've actually bought both. I have yeah. like some that I have the one on my bookshelf because I want it for reference for later on, but mm -hmm. I like the convenience of the Kindle. Exactly. But there have literally been reports of people whose Kindle libraries have just disappeared. Mm -hmm. And it's in the end user agreement that, oh well. Yep. You're out of luck. It protects them. That's lame. Mm. Back to the Oscars. Um, did anybody watch First Man? It was the it won Best Visual Effects. Um, Avengers: Infinity War was up for Best Visuals. I remember Robin. every patriotic mom was pissed off about First Man. Really? Because they left it out the flag scene. Really? Yeah. Why? Wait, that scene, what? First, I know it's about Neil Armstrong going yeah. to the moon. Why would they leave that out? I feel like besides the first words, well, that's like the most iconic thing about going to the moon. They unless they're marketing it worldwide and they're like, if we put that so in, so it was literally the the um, the press release that came after was we felt this was a worldwide accomplishment. Okay, well then, and cool. that it serves not just the United States. That this is you know the world was in a race for this. We're like. This is a bigger picture. We don't want to brag that we beat everybody, <laughs> even though that's the most American thing for us I know, to do. Right? But like, oh, see, Ben, that's literally before you even told me. That's what I said. Like, unless they were wanting to market it to the whole world and not have that, and then that, I get it. So, cool. I mean, it beat out Avengers, Christopher Robin, Ready Player One, and Star Wars: A Solo Story. Solo a Star Wars story. <laughs> Solo. Solo a Star it's Wars. It's correct either way, if we're being it's honest. Correct either way. Uh, that makes me want to see it because Avengers, Ready Player One, and Solo were all fantastic visual movies. They were, but I think you go in like, I don't know. I think it's kind of like the difference between watching an animated film and going to see like Gravity back in the day. I yeah. wonder if there is, um, a little bit of extra like care and presentation no, I get that. that went into it because now i'm actually really curious too mm -hmm. i should probably go read my american cinematographer and, and actually see you know it is interesting just because when you look at something like infinity war which is 80 percent visual effects arguably roughly i'd say it's close to 90 yeah it's maybe 90 it's a lot yeah that's the point i mean yeah and so was and it looked great 
Like yeah, it, it just looked, looked great. It looked really good. Well, I was good. just thinking about Solo too. They used a lot of practical on-set effects, but there was I mean, it's a movie, it's a Star Wars movie, so of course there's lots of visual stuff in that too. Yeah. Um Ready Player 1 was literally 90 to 95% visual effects. For sure. And they did it in a way where it was distinguishable but never felt out of place. So we would go back. We would yeah. go back to talking about Spider Man and how the animation was done so well. The detail, the details were so well that it doesn't make you uncomfortable. Take that and let's apply that to Ray Player One and how everything was so weird, but it it never felt weird or it out of place. Reminded me of Tron. Yes. Like well, you yeah. know that you're going into a different yes. world. Yeah. So there's an expectation. You're not trying to match it to the reality that we know. And so yeah. we give it a little more leniency. And that works to its benefit. I mean, the context of its story is within this video game-like verse. Absolutely. So they can, you know, that gives that opens up the floodgates to get away with a lot of things visually that you normally wouldn't be able to in something that's more grounded in reality. Mm-hmm. Um, let's j- skim through a couple of these to get to talk to some of the big ones before we go, because we have another topic we do want to talk about. Um, best original screenplay, Green Book One. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. Uh, best adapted, or that was best original, sorry. Best adapted screenplay went to Black K. Klansman. I guess that's the way it's pronounced. That's the way we're going to pronounce that's it. That's the way we're going to pronounce <laughs> I it. I just thought um, it was Black Klansman. But there's Good also then. an extra K in there. Yeah, we'll just call it Black Klansman. That works. Sure. Um, Spike Lee and his team. Uh, best original score? Black Panther. Music was great in Black Panther. I'm Agreed. down with that. Uh, Bla- uh, Black Panther also won a couple other awards. Costume design. Yes. Costume design. What were the other words? They Production won three design, total. Yeah. Production design, costume design, and best uh, original score. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I support all of that. And we'll, and okay. that's it. That's that's, that's what yeah. it should have won. And yep. I'm, I'm fine with that being <laughs> what it won. Um, best original star, original song went to Sh- uh, Shallow, A Star is Born. That makes sense because it's a movie about music. So I'm happy to see that a movie about music won best original song. It's like, you know. I wonder though, technically, wouldn't any Queen song qualify for the Queen biopic? I don't know. It was not in there. Well, what's the name of the award again? Uh, best original song. Okay. Hmm. I don't know. I wonder if there's some reason. I mean, I wonder if there's some it, rule. There's probably. A, well, I mean, it makes sense because the music came first, but technically the music was. Uh, I, don't on know. A, I feel like there's a loophole here. Well, yeah, yeah, there's the probably something. Was, the Queen music was borrowed for the film, as opposed to the music in A Star Is Born was it's written cre- for, for the, the film. film. That, there's Touché. probably some. Yeah. Interesting. Us talking about Netflix earlier. Uh, when a cowboy trades his spurs for wings from a ballad of Buster Scruggs, dude, was, I was nominated. So I haven't watched it yet, but I've oh, seen a little bit so of it. it looks it's good. good. It's it so, is so good. If you're into just wacky, over the top, well, it's Cohen Brothers, and yeah, I mean, like if you've ever seen Oh Brother Where Art Thou, yeah, um, or uh, uh, Dad Gummit, what was the other with Tommy Lee Jones and uh, No Country for Old Men? No Country for Old Men. Yeah. Like it had the the crazy part is it was several tales. I want to say there was like eight or or 10 tales that made up this uh this set and they just they were all great some were a little bit better than others but yeah. they were all great and they got so dark they did 
Particularly, which, you know, I'm not going to spoil anything. The one with uh, Dudley? Yeah. Yeah. Well, in the last one, because when the very last story that's told in that, um, you know, in that film, you get to the end of it and you're like, wait, what? And so, you know, I did a little homework. I need to watch it. Yeah. I did a little homework. I was like, hold on. I've missed something here. And so, I, you know, I kind of cheated. I normally don't like to look up meanings of things, but I cheated for this one time. And I realized what they did. And I was like, oh. Oh man, it, it was really good, and I don't want to spoil anything because go watch which, it. Which which one was the last one? Which tale? Where was they that? were, um, everybody was riding in the um, the stagecoach. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and they were all traveling from one. Uh, oh basically man, from point that a to was point B. such a hard hitter at the end. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, hmm. interesting. Little, re- little little tease for yeah. the, for everyone to watch that. I, I really do recommend that watch by everybody who is eligible for an R-rated film. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to check it out. Literally, my only experience was the very beginning of the first episode, me watching my roommate watch it in our living room and being like, this looks weird. I dig it. But I haven't watched it. Um, Running through a couple of things, and guys, I'm sorry. I'm about to butcher some names. Uh, Best Supporting Actor, it was Mahershala Ali for Green Book, who played, um, oh, man, Dr. I've already forgot his Dr. Shirley. And it was Dr. Don Shirley. He played Dr. Don Shirley in Green Book. I really wanted to see Green Book. The trailer looked really good for it, and I didn't get a chance to see it. Best Supporting Actress was Regina King for uh, Bell Street Could Talk. don't know what that movie was. Um, Best Actor, we already talked about, was uh, Rami Malek. He was awesome. Best Actress, this was good. So Shelby showed me this. Uh, Best Actress was Olivia Coleman for The Favorite. Don't know what the movie's about, but I watched her acceptance speech, and it was the most genuine acceptance speech I've ever seen, and you could 100% tell she had no expectations of winning and was completely shocked and on the spot. And it, it just go on YouTube, Olivia Coleman's acceptance speech, and it is literally a refreshing and a joy mm. to see her reaction and to see her, how she was up against like some of her idols and like how she just had no idea she'd won. I'd recognized her because she's the one of the main characters in uh, Broadchurch, which ah. because which I, I saw it and I was like, how do I know her from? I was, I've been looking. I'm looking at her photo, going, "You look she, really familiar." But the, the, the short she's hair. She's the other detective uh, that worked with uh, David Tennant's character in Broadchurch yeah. in the British version, not whatever the uh, I don't know. Yeah, not the American. American. It was ah, uh, ooh, the American was something weird. Something point. Broad point. No, it was Jerk point. <laughs> Broad. <laughs> God damn it. Anyways. Anyways. Uh, all right. Last thing we're gonna talk about: best picture. So, what was nominated for best picture was Vice. Don't know what that was about. I can tell you what that one's about. Tell me what it was about, Landon. Yeah, that was um, that's the one with Christian Bale in it, and he plays uh, Dick Cheney. Oh, he plays Dick Cheney. Yeah. That's right. I wanted to see that because I saw the trailer and had to do a triple take because I was like, that's not, I saw Christian Bell's name and went, huh? And rewound it and went, holy crap, that's Christian Bell. Dude, to see him like change his physique for these roles to go. It hurts me a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he's played the cracked out boxer who Mm -hmm. weighs like 60 pounds to playing Dick Cheney, who was not a small man. No. And and, and what's interesting about, and were you referring to the machinist when he lost so much? He lost a lot of weight for his role in the machinist. And I just so happened to recently watch like a little YouTube video telling me a little bit about that. And, uh, 
the I don't know if it was the director. It was somebody on set that told Christian Bale because Christian Bale was going to lose even more weight for that yeah. film. He yeah. was down below 100 pounds. You were pounds. talking about this with me the And other day. the people on set said, you have to stop. Mm-hmm. If like And like, it was one of those, they almost held the movie like hostage saying, if you don't stop, we can't do this. Well, for his own safety. For his own yeah. safety. Which is like, it's just wild to think that he, I mean, it's Ded- Christian Bale. He's dedication. awesome. But the dedication to the role is just unbelievable a stars born roma the favorite bohemian rhapsody black klansman black panther and green book and the winner was green book and apparently this has been a lot of controversy has been coming about this and i was trying to figure out why because based on the trailer i thought it looked like a great movie and i will preface all this by saying please understand that we are three very white guys sitting in this room (laughs) so we can only like I guess speculate speculate. We can like, we only have our experiences to go on and we're not going to pretend like we have a deeper understanding of, of, you know, life. We don't, uh, we don't have all the answers. Yes. Yes. I just want to preface that. that, Yeah. So, um, but from my understanding, the only thing I've looked at that I go, okay, I can see was that Don Shirley's family wasn't really able to be involved. They wanted to be involved in this movie. They weren't really involved very much. Um, and of course it's, it's another biopic. So I don't blame if people say, well, you know, it's not, it's not super accurate. Well, once again, it's a biopic, but it's, I've, I've heard it's been getting a lot of flack for various reasons of it, of it not maybe showing race the way that maybe the trailers come off. I don't know. The, the trailers seem to make it look like there's a, his, uh, like, kind of a gangster driver is driving him around the South. And, you know, obviously there's racial issues in this movie because of the time period, but they were two really good friends, blah, 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 blah. Were they real good friends in real life? I don't know. Maybe that's some of the controversy, but I've seen where some of the hate is coming that it didn't really portray the race, race or anything the way that it should have. Or so I don't, I, I'll be honest. I don't know really much of anything about green book, but your description kind of makes me think of like, I'm not racist. I have black friends. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe, I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's how the movie comes off. Um, I know. And I know. And we can talk about this. And me and Landon have been talking about this since it got nominated. Uh Oh, oh, but are we we referring to the elephant in the room? Yes, we're going to refer to the elephant in the room. And I'll just say this: elephant in the moon. Mm. Black Panther is a phenomenal movie, but it is not a best picture movie. And in my home, and you can disagree with us, but the three of us in the room agree that it's a good movie, but it's not a Oscar movie. And the fact that it was nominated is whatever. But it is still really weird, and if anybody is really like upset that Black Panther didn't win, because I think some people probably are, like, go back and watch the last ten Oscars, and you'll understand that it's it's not. There are movies every year that I look at Landon and I look at Tommy, and I go, "This is an Oscar bait movie. Yep. This is a movie that's like it's going to be a great movie, but they this is for reaching for an Oscar." And you know, I think it's cool that Black Panther. I think it one hundred percent. Deserved the Oscars it won, but I don't think it deserved to win Best Picture. So I'm kind of glad it didn't because if it did, I feel like that would be a whole another conversation we'd be having. Um, but I just wanted to put that out there because that's been something that's been weird to me since it got nominated. So to kind of close out our Oscar section, and since we're on Best Picture right now, yes, let's kind of nullify this list out of what we've seen or know. 
what would you guys nominate for best picture of 2018 i guess um without even seeing green book i think i would have probably guessed that green book or black's clansman would have won based on well but what would you want like what i would if you skip this list and and somebody and say you're part of the academy i've only seen what would you want a few of these no, 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 don't worry about the list. Okay, if I had to pick... Out of every single movie I'd pick Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay. I would, just wow. because I really liked it, and I thought it was really good, and I thought Rami Malek killed it, and um, of the movies I saw on there, I think that one would have been the one I would have picked. I wanted to see Black Klansman. It looked really It does look good. Adam Driver, like, uh, who plays opposite Adam Driver? Um, anyways, uh, I think both of them would probably... I, 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 too, would like to watch that. Yes. Yeah. Now, now that was your pick for even yeah. even outside of that list. That was his pick for. I, yeah, I guess so. Oh, outside of my no, list I'm saying, too. Yeah, I'm saying like he's saying oh, any movie like, you've seen. Oh, yeah, I just yeah, wanted like, to be clear ooh. because I was sitting here going, "I thought you meant I know Matt better than I that." Thought you I, meant, I, was, I was really surprised. I thought no, no, you I'm meant saying on we this can ignore, list. No, 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 boy. ignore the list out of any movie yeah. from 2018. See, what I got would you, Matt? Okay, you got me. I got Come back. I appreciate you finding a better way to word it because I'm like I'm not getting. I thought you were saying if I had to pick from this list. Okay. Uh, c- come back to me. I need to think about it. Okay. okay. Oh, you're. Oh, he's gonna do that. I wasn't. Me. Okay. <laughs> it's so hard for me because I have a hard time of just, and I know, like, I'm going against the rules of this segment, but because I'm supposed to pick one, but I, I do, I do more so per like genre. So I can tell you a movie I thought was absolutely fantastic. Okay. In the past year, and. And I and I won't tell you I'm not like the biggest horror movie fan. I do like horror movies oh, when I know when done well. Tommy's gonna like this answer. I for ever even for the people in the back listening, I loved Hereditary. Oh, that's not. That what is I not thought. where I, I thought this I was going. I thought you were gonna say Annihilation. I loved her. No, <laughs> no, I did. I did like Annihilation for the surprise factor because I did not expect that movie to be as good as it was. But and I don't know if you two have seen Hereditary. No, nah, I I have heard such mixed reviews. I plan to watch it mm-hmm. at some point, but I've got about twenty other movies that are are kind of ahead of it at the moment. Okay, yeah, I uh, and you know I'm not going to spoil anything, but it's best, it's just you one would of give those that best picture. It's just one. Of, I would definitely give it if if best horror movie. I know okay. that's not a category, but. Um, it is today. It's just yeah, made it this is today. Ho- this made the ending of this Oscar thing so much more interesting. It now. did. Thank you. <laughs> it did. I just, it, it's just one of those movies you don't see it coming, and oh, it's great. It, it's hereditary is great. So I'm gonna. Um, I don't think for anybody who's listened to more than two episodes of this podcast will have a hard time guessing. Uh, mine is also a horror pick, and it's. Totally where I thought you were going with this. That's all where I thought you were going too. <laughs> uh, a Quiet Place would most certainly be my pick for Best Picture for multiple reasons. What does that look, Landon? <laughs> do, wait, do you not know this? I, I did no. not like that movie. You didn't like it? Oh. I did not right, well, like Landon's movie. never coming back to this podcast. <laughs> 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 all right, Landon, we're going to ask you to leave after this. No, it's, go, well, no, I'll let no, you finish. No, go no. ahead. Although I really do, I would have loved to have seen it also picked up for sound design because the one thing that really made that movie was the sound design. Yeah, I'd agree with that. 95% of that movie was in quiet, but just because it's quiet doesn't mean that there isn't, 
you know, um, there are a lot of auto, like audible cues that were in, in moments of suspense. And I don't know. I, yeah, I think that that was a shame that's not in there, but, uh, I'd actually, I would, while Matt's trying to figure out what's going to be his best picture, Mm -hmm. I need to know why you didn't like it. Oh, I I mean, it's fine. I don't hate you. (laughs) I mean, I don't trust your opinion anymore, but you know, I love it. Here we go. Everybody has the right to an opinion. So here's the thing. I don't think I don't think it was a trash movie by any stretch of the imagination. You can call it, if you think it's trash. You I don't can think say it's trash. I'm not going to cry on I the podcast. Not. I will cry later. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. So it was John Krasinski's uh, debut as a director, I believe. Mm, actually, it's his second. Because I thought the same thing. I think it's actually his second movie. It wasn't he his has, debut. He has a uh, he directed another film that's on Netflix. Interesting. I cannot. Um, I'll have hmm. to pull up the name. But well, um. Anyway, so uh, so my thing is, I don't have any, I thought the sound was fantastic. I thought the cinematography was really good. I just have issues with things that happen plot wise in the movie. Okay. Um, and hmm. you know, for the sake of time, and you know, people listening who love the movie, uh, I'll just name one example. And Tommy, you might be able to tell me why. If you can give me an explanation for it, that'd be fantastic. Is it the shotgun ending? I wasn't crazy about that, but that's not where okay. I was going. Because that, me and Tommy, because we've both already agreed agree that, that. Yeah, yeah. the yeah. shotgun endings a little, uh, little, little corny. But uh, so no, one of the biggest moments in that film that I just struggle with, and I've thought about this multiple times because I know so many people like the movie and I want to like it. But so the part where they're, you know, John Krasinski and his two kids, they're being chased out in the uh, the cornfield at night, and so at this point in the movie, we've established that if you make noise they're coming but if you're quiet nothing you'll, you'll be fine just be you're quiet good. Gucci. so i thought that john and spoiler alert if you haven't seen it but that movie's been out a while so i'm about to spoil something yeah i mean we've already talked we did a yeah. whole episode on it so Fair, true that's yeah. that's a good point so there's a part in the film where for whatever reason the film decides to insert a plot device where it pulls at the heartstrings and you and we all of a sudden the film wants to sacrifice John Krasinski as the father, so he tells his kids to go hide in the car, and I'm sitting here thinking the entire time, why don't they just be quiet on their way back to the mother? Because they're kids. But they know this. They know this. But their kids are terrified. Nah. I, no. <laughs> I so I would say I mean, that's fine. I'm, that's you can my that. justification. And so, and, and anyways, you got a monster to, to trying wrap, to kill you. To wrap up like, my thought with yeah. a, with, a, with a bow on it, I just don't understand why there was a need to for him to because John Krasinski was the father for John to scream and sacrifice himself. I mean, yeah, there when there they could have been another way. That and and that's it. And I, I it felt a little hammy. It felt like it was it was the movie trying to pull, get something emotional, which is fine. Like you want you want a film to pull emotion out of you. It just felt a little heavy handed to me. That's it. That's all. I'm sorry, That's Tommy. Fair. No, no, no. You supported yeah. your argument. Yeah. Tommy yeah. won't be like, upset. Yeah. No, I'm yeah. not. Good Everyone can have their own opinions. Yeah. Like it, yeah. Like, and I appreciate you the fact that you wrong. have a reason to, because. It's like when we get here on Marvel, and I'm just like, I will take a poop on Marvel every episode I can. And it's not because I have a reason. Say why. It's just, I mean. All right, I've thought long and hard, guys, about this, and I've yeah, a long decision. Yeah, two minutes and forty-five. I think seconds. I'd give it to Venom. 
Oh, what? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. If you're, no. Asking, if you're asking me to leave no. because of Quiet Place, who's losing that against you now? The sheer disgust. So I think you mean uh, I think you meant Venom was the uh, was the best music, original music, because sheer it, you know, Eminem's track. Dust of on your face, Tommy was beautiful. No, I have I don't. You know, I had a hard time picking. I really do have a hard time picking this because there's. I feel like there was yeah. there's some movie I missed from this year. You know, I still didn't see Mission Impossible Fallout. Heard it was it phenomenal. Was, I really hate, wanted, I did not like it. We watched it. We finally watched it two weeks it. ago. It took us two days wow. to get through it. Wow. I did not like Maybe it. I, I honestly, to me, then. that was the worst Mission Impossible movie I've yet. Really? I heard it was like the best. Oh, I, wow. Personally, the worst. I we well, thought guess it was the what? worst. I didn't pick that because I haven't seen it. And honestly, there's no movie I've seen this year. That I've still consistently talked about, still thought about, than Spider Man, into Spider Verse. So good, like it? yeah, it it. I loved Aquaman. Yeah. I really did. I really liked Aquaman. But like, even after watching Aquaman, because that movie, and I'm using that because that's the movie I watched after that. I have been waiting to go out to Walmart to somewhere nearby and buy it on Blu-ray the day it comes out because I want to watch it again. I want to show it to Shelby. I just want to watch it because it was just phenomenal. And it's not an Oscar best picture movie. It's not. No. And we talk every year about their specific And neither is Black Panther. (laughs) But like, and, and here's the thing about the Oscars. Every year it gets crapped on. Every year people are upset about what it want, what, what happened you know, there's all kinds of problems with the Oscar, but it's just something to talk about. It's just an award. It's an award that a bunch of old guys decide what wins. But here's the thing. If I ever win an Oscar, I'm going to freak out. So, Absolutely. you know, it's that still will really go cool. on my shelf. Yeah. That will, it is still a big deal, but it is not perfect. It is picked by people. It's not picked by the people. It's picked by people. Yeah. So you can be upset if Green Book won. And Black's Klansman didn't win, or Roma didn't win. That's fine. There are other awards out there, and there are other people, People's Choice Awards, stuff like that. There's stuff out there. The Oscars is this just kind of unique thing in the film world, which is why we, as film people, who, one, love film and enjoy film, but also yeah. make films, we get it. And that's why, like, every year, I haven't seen all of the best picture movies because there's just some movies I know they're probably great movies because they're nominated for best picture and those are film people picking it but I don't want to watch all of them it's like Spielberg I loved Ready Player One because it was refreshing because Spielberg was making Oscar bait movie after Oscar bait movie (laughs) and I know they're all phenomenal but I still to this day have not been in the mood to watch Lincoln even though I I know it's really good I've seen Lincoln and it's great, isn't it? I really like but But you gotta be in a mood for you it. You do. You definitely have to be in the mood for it. So, I think I watched it on like Fourth of July or something. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, that's, that's what good, that's, that's what good. I did. Not as All good right, as but guys, I'm, we got three hours so really, works. What do we do? But I'm, but I'm really dorky that's like that. That's what I do. So. Every year <laughs> we watch Independence Day. It's a good it's Because a good up until I saw Alien, Independence Day was actually my favorite film growing up. Really? Because it had comedy and it had aliens. And anyone who knows me knows I love aliens. Yeah. And they were good aliens. 
The second Independence Day was... <laughs> I still don't even see it. <laughs> not as good. I, I, I think it's... Uh, so, I think you hit a, a good point there, Matt, as far as... Because I think kind of what you're saying about the Oscars is keep it in perspective as to what it is. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things, you know, and me and Matt have talked about this, you know, away from the mics, that, you know, there's things about the Oscars we like, and there's a lot of things that we necessarily don't like. However... It kind of, so there's kind of two things with that, at least in my opinion. One, there's always been this gap between what critics think is good and what people think is good. Yeah. Certainly. And if you, and if you don't believe that, go on any review site and see what people Go on like. Rotten Tomatoes yeah. and just look at the critic score versus the user score. <laughs> yeah. Look at half the DC movies. Right. Like, so don't that's be, just an example. That's, that's don't fair. So don't be surprised when a show that is mostly conducted by people in that people in that spectrum the critics and the people who are higher ups in hollywood when they have those selections but but also just yeah just keep that in perspective that for example a ton of movies that i love absolutely adore most of them are not oscar picks yeah they're not so well, that's our episode. Um, if things sound a little different right now, it's because I'm recording this after editing because we actually talked for about another hour about another subject that we kind of hinted at at the beginning of this episode, but I decided to divide it up into two episodes. So check out the next episode where we talk about Pokemon Sword and Shield, and we also have a binge-watching session for that. So uh, check that out, and we are the Valkyrie Cast, and this is how we end our episodes now. Yeah, I'm by myself. Tommy's not here to do something random. Dang it. Um, Cuckoo, could you?